Welcome back, listeners. Another uh, podcast, Ragwatchers, and excitingly, our first uh, guest in our in our series. We did say we're going to have quite a few guests, and we've gone with a, one of the big guns, um, one of the giants of the industry, um, Margot Andre. She's now at APL, but she obviously had, had come across from Cattle Council, so very experienced across some um, a few sectors there. Um, welcome, Margot, to the uh, Ragwatchers podcast. Thanks for being on. Oh, thanks, Matt, and congrats on the launch of the podcast. Um, not quite sure I'm the big heavyweight, but happy to be the first guest. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't a reference. Uh, what's that? I did get my dad joking, calling you a giant. I was saying, Andrew, before, it's Andre the giant of the uh, red meat and, uh, and pork sector. But um, <laughs> well, we, we, we probably have to sort of say that, first of all, we've got a conflict of interest. We have, yeah, that's true. We're, we're probably going to talk about pork. Pork, yeah, and, this one's and, a little bit about pork. And uh, get pork on your fork. And Matt and I actually do have an interest in a, in a, in a pork facility in, uh, in Victoria. So, so we are biased and unashamedly so that you should be buying Australian pork. Uh, but that's, that's our uh, disclaimer before we get into it. That's it. But we wanted to get you on, Margot. I mean, obviously, um, we've, we've been known to be um, speaking for many number of years now since the outbreak of African swine fever. And um, with the whole corona epidemic, that's taken a lot of attention, um, and rightly so, uh, in the media. But, you know, we've said a few times that African swine fever hasn't gone away. And we just thought you're uh, expertly placed to give us a quick rundown on, on where things are tracking at the moment with regards to where Australia is sitting and the types of things that APL are doing to, um, to make sure that we're as safe as we can be. Yeah, and um, great to see you're both in the pork industry. We think it's the best industry in Australia at the moment, well and truly, and nice to see we're number two in terms of protein choice. I mean, just behind chicken, but great plans to overtake that position. So, but yeah, as we know, African swine fever has been spreading through the globe, started in Europe many years ago, and we've just never seen anything like it. I think there's over 45 countries now that are impacted by the virus. And touch wood, Australia is African swine fever free. And we've worked incredibly hard um, since we saw it um, start to move down through China and then into East Timor and into PNG. And our hearts do go out to the people in PNG. I mean, pigs in their areas are actually a livelihood. It's a financial um, status. It's, it's their banks, to be honest. So um, hearts go to them and Australian government certainly stepped up to help them in that recovery. But um, just to make it really clear, I mean, African swine fever is an animal welfare issue. It does not impact. Australian pork is not only delicious and we call ourselves the sexy industry, um, it is great, versatile product to have on your plate and very, very safe to eat. I, I, I agree, Margaret. I think it is a sexy industry. And, and, Matt, and Matt and I are prime examples of that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I'm glad this is a not a, not a visual recording because I think these listeners <laughs> would definitely well certainly for two of us they would um they would certainly differ but um yeah I'm not sure about that one Andrew but anyway um, yeah and and I do I'm quite open I do think it's a sexy industry and the more people learn about us I mean if you um, take and I'll switch slightly from African swine fever to the pork industry here in Australia I mean we've um, environmentally friendly, if you're looking at a carbon footprint, intensive farming in the pig industry is a success story and we should celebrate it. We reduced our carbon emissions by 69% in the last decade. We have the most innovative to the grid. So we are a success story. And in terms of animal welfare, we have the highest level of animal welfare. Our pigs are monitored. It's not like other industries where you can put them out in the paddock. We can't. We have to look after our pigs um, every day and um, they are very well cared for. 
But African swine fever particularly does scare us because um, once it gets here, there is no vaccine for this virus. So the best defence is to actually keep it out. And it's a really unique position to be in to prepare for a disease as opposed to respond to a disease. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And that's one of the things you make too. That I know when, when there was all the concern around African swine fever, there were some parts of the um, agricultural sector within Australia that were saying with the issues they have with feral pigs, Margot, uh, whether it's livestock or, or the cropping industries that... Um, and horticulture that they were kind of suggesting, or some were suggesting that if it got into Australia, it could help us manage our feral pig problem. But that's um, that's really not the path we want to go down at all. Do you want to elaborate anything on that um, in terms of that whole space? Yeah, and and I love it when people say that to me until I point out that if we get African swine fever here, it impacts the trade agreement. So um, they won't be able to export their products because countries won't take products from a country that has African swine fever. So we can shut that one down very quickly. Uh, but in saying that, no one was looking after feral pigs. So um, APL lobbied pretty hard to get some action on that. It's a 20-year issue, if not longer. Um, I'm mm. not going to give away my age. I like to think I'm young, but as a young girl, feral pigs were causing destruction back then. So um, I'm pretty proud that we've got together a very strong steering committee to look at an action plan and actually start to take action. We've got some great culling programs, great baiting research with Hogon being launched and um, you know, research happening around, people won't know. Pigs are really smart creatures. Um, everybody assumes they're just a garbage disposal. They're not. They're very clever, very smart, and we don't even know really how many of them are around this country. Mm, so right. <laughs> we... it's, Pigs are smart creatures and the industry uh, attracts smart people, Margot, I think. Yeah, that's, um, that's something you take out of it. Um, I've been called a pig before, so... <laughs> Um, well, so, 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 so I want to reframe it. Every time we use pig as a negative, if we're you know talking about an undesirable person, I think we should think of a new name. We're not going to call them a pig. Our pigs are lovely creatures. Well, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. I think that's what people mean when they refer to me. Yeah. I'll have to ask my wife. Oh, I'll, have to, I'll, I'll have to check with my wife that that's what she means. Uh, I'm sure it is, especially the, uh, in your kilt skirt. Kilt is not a kilt skirt. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, uh, he's Irish, Margot. I think everyone thinks he's Irish. Irish. Oh, Got it. Sorry, Andrew, you get a, you get a pearl of wisdom to drop here, I can see. Um, absolutely. So African swine fever was a big thing, 2018, 2019, and then going into this year. Obviously, the press has all been COVID. And we've shut down the borders for the most part uh, with the rest of the world. So there's less stuff coming into the country or less people coming into the country. So less people bringing sausages in or pork dumplings or, or whatever else it may be. Has that given us a bit of a temporary reprieve as, as a flown effect from COVID? Yeah, it certainly has. So there's a couple of things there. We were, I think, up till um, March when we shut down the borders. 12 people had been sent home for bringing products in their bags, which just does my head in, like sitting on a plane for 12 hours with fresh pork products. Mm, I don't understand it. Yeah, not tasty. Um, but you would be quite surprised to know that similar period from January to April, we still had three tonnes of product coming in through the mail. So it's still coming. Three tonnes? Three tonnes. Yep. So, so about 30 pigs worth? About 30 pigs worth, give or take? Uh, yeah, no, probably, probably a bit more than 30 because you're what you your live weight's about 100 or so kilos, so yeah. once you've dressed them down to 80 kilo or something, you're probably talking maybe, what, 40, 40 pigs worth yeah. of product. It's, it's a lot, product. isn't 
Yeah, and the only thing that's actually saving us there is that the government, when um, because we we have been really active at the borders, any product that's coming from an African swine fever country has to go through Sydney and Melbourne through the scanners and those 3D scanners. And the government gave $66 million worth of funding to border control in response to African swine fever. Uh -huh. So we've got more sniffer dogs, we've got more X-ray machines, we've got more people checking at the borders. So um, I do have to say on every level, people are taking it seriously. But to know those products are still coming in. I mean, Australia has the most beautiful agriculture products. Um, we just want to encourage people to buy them here. But the other thing we've been able to do is well, the next step for us is we'd like to go into other countries. So as the airplanes keep, start to re-establish international flights, whenever that is, we'd like people on the other countries actually checking the products in the bags before they leave rather than mm. coming in. That would be a dream come true. But mm. you might not know, African swine fever is now just spread to India. Yeah, so that's right. Yeah, 30% yeah, of the global, and it might even be more now, um, pork production's gone. Mm. So yeah, if you want to continue to enjoy beautiful pork products, we have to keep African swine fever out. That's an interesting point too. I mean, it, you referred to some of those um, products that are coming in inappropriately from people bringing them through, but um, this whole um, African swine fever epidemic around the world and what's been happening with a lot of stuff being diverted to China from Europe, it's actually impacted the, the legitimate pork product that comes into Australia. Has, has, has that played out locally for, say, the Australia? Has that been a benefit to the Australian producer? Or are we seeing a bit of a shift in terms of people are, are buying more Australian-based pork? And in terms of, I'm talking the preserved product, of course, because, you know, obviously all the fresh stuff's got to be Australian. But um, have you noticed any change there in terms of what's happening on the ground? Yeah, we have, and it's been interesting. So initially, when it was just African swine fever, we actually saw... Um, a lot of the companies import more pork. So a lot of people may not know 80% of the ham and bacon is imported. Um, and that's where this country of origin labelling is so important. Everyone, um, we support the companies that employ people here in Australia, and I think that's great. But what people need to actually read is the bar chart. The bar chart will tell you where that product comes from, and that's on all Australian products. But um, we had, did see more product coming in. But the interesting thing that COVID has done is actually made people start to look at Australia's manufacturing systems, Australia's food supply chain, where our food comes from, and start to actually appreciate Australian food, which I think is a win. And I think it's something we need to um, grow and start to get more people understanding where their food comes from. And um, so we have seen an appetite for people to change. And so we're going to work really closely with those companies that are doing port and make Australian pork very attractive for them <laughs> because we are clean, we are green, um, and Australians want to buy Australians. So we think the opportunity is now. And I'd love to see some of our fast food restaurants starting to serve Australian pork. And I'd love to see more restaurants with pork. We're seeing it. But, you know, you still might only get one choice at a restaurant. I'd like what, to what about those sort of, like, an interesting one. We spoke a few weeks ago about McDonald's pulled uh, fake meat from their chains in Canada. What, and that's a big thing because they've got so much volume. What about, like, I know, like, so Burger King and Hungry Jack's, or Hungry Jack's is called here, and McDonald's use bacon in their burgers, but it's a sort of accessory to the... Uh, the actual product is that bacon Australian or is that no unfortunately it's not and the reason that is is that um, because of price um, Australian producers probably focused on not that manufacturers weren't buying Australian pork so they're focused on the fresh pork so if it's got a bone it's one of our own 
yeah. um, very easy to know. And the fresh That's a good slogan. It's got a bone. It's one of the own. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we've probably focused on the fresh pork. So now's the opportunity to actually take back some of that market and make our, um, make our supply chains reliable enough for those industries. They use such a quantum of product every day that we need to be able to supply reliably every single day in the product. So that's where we're going to focus our attention. Mm, good point. Good point. And, and um, terms I know. Sorry, I was just going to say, I noted too, one of the things we looked at a while back with the whole COVID epidemic was that fall in the, um, you know, with the lockdowns and obviously it's now Victoria that are mainly being hit by that. But during that first phase of national lockdown with the impact on the food food sector that, you know, 25% of Australian fresh pork goes into that food sector. Um, obviously with parts of the country opening up, hopefully that's being readdressed. But, you know, the other thing would be to encourage those people out there when they're doing their home shop is to consider consider pork for that um, for that home shop as well, and continue to support the local industry when uh, you know when they've got parts like the food sector that's still struggling to be in areas like in Victoria. Yeah, and one of the things we did during COVID was um, a lot of people might know the pork.com.au website. We have recipes for everything from a quick meal through to a gourmet meal. We've got videos, recipes, you name it. We're actually here to support and to actually help people cook our products because they are healthy, they are nutritious. Um, and they're a great option no matter what you're doing. So we worked really hard to make sure that people had a positive experience. But we also um, worked really hard with the restaurants too. We need food service. We need butchers. Uh, worked really hard to make sure butchers had support to stay open, um, which was really important. Um, so, but the restaurants as well. So um, I'm really pleased to say that the teams worked with um the restaurants to get them to cook meals. And so hospitality workers who'd lost their jobs um, could actually go and collect free meals in the capital cities from those restaurants. So in a way for the pork industry to support the hospitality, we need food service. It is 20 to 25% of our industry. Um, interestingly though, we did see an increase in your um, pre-delivered meals. Um, those brands that actually have your packaged meals with Hello Fresh uh, yeah. and we did see uptakes in the supermarkets. But also really nicely, the government supported us to actually for the first time ever have um, pork going into charities like the food bank. Oh, yeah. So people who um, didn't actually have any food um, or money to buy food could go, go into the charities and it does support all of those food charities. Um, and special thanks to food bank for that. So that's the first time pork's ever been into those charity options with support of the Australian government. So um, just... You know, it's just nice to be able to give back. And the pork industry has a history of giving back, whether that's through MMD or through programs like this food bank. Um, it's got a heart. It's got a bloody big heart with the um, pork industry. Um, so it's been great to support. The thought of having food go to waste for us, we just don't like it. So, yeah, great to be able to give back. Mm, that's good. Good to hear about that recipe. So hopefully there's a, a good one on there for pork crackling, Margot. That's one that my... Uh... My current wife always struggles with. I call her that. We've been together for about four years or something. Um, yeah. But um, husband for twenty years, and I say he's been the you know great first husband. <laughs> exactly. So, um, but yeah, the poor crackling always was a bit of a tricky one. But I think we've we've uh, we've kind of nutted it out, and that's um you know that's a kind of one that's a, a tricky aspect. I think Andrew's keen to see more black pudding. I think would be your black kind of pudding. Choice, it? Like um, as part of your sustainability goals. Uh, I think that black pudding is, uh, is is definitely one of the main ways that you could probably get that sustainability goal because you're effectively recycling products that would, in a lot of cases, go to waste. 
And it's well, awesome. You know some countries serve pig blood ice cream now. Yeah, no, that's in, in Italy. It's, yeah, in Italy, yeah. they put it. Yeah, they put it in with the chocolate type uh, powder, and it's a, yep. it's a fantastic. It's a, it's a southern Italian dish. Um, what, what do they call it again? Sanguinaco, I think. Something yeah, like, maybe my pr pronunciation might be um, a little bit off, but it's meant to be delicious. Um, so yeah, it's just the versatility of the of the, of the fabulous pig. Okay. Uh, there's, there's no better breakfast than a piece of fried black pudding and a piece of bread with tomato sauce. Maybe a sausage and a, and a potato cake on top of it. Um, I feel like I'm slightly cold here because I love the pork industry. Oh, I'm pretty yeah. keen to try most things. I might stay reserve my judgment on that one. It's, it, it doesn't taste what you think it should taste like. <laughs> no, there's so much we can do with the pig though. I mean, a lot of people wouldn't know that um, pigs have the ability to produce pure collagen um, for pure protein. I often um, look at where we're going um, in terms of rendering and things like that. What can we do um, around um, supporting nutraceuticals, pharmaceuticals? Are people going to be wanting protein in a pill in the future? How are they going to actually eat pork in the future? So I think the pork industry is on the edge of a very exciting time mm. and um, loving to be part of it. That's an interesting, an interesting point with the pharmaceuticals and the, the collagen there. It's the old phrase of, of um, putting lipstick on, on a pig, but it could be the other way around, putting the pig on in the lipstick. Yes, um, yeah, no, those wrinkles might be uh, <laughs> looking to the pork industry in the future. Uh, well, look, it's been fa fabulous chatting to you, Margot. It's um, some of the exciting stuff you're doing there. It's, um, it's great to see, and uh, you know we're, uh, we're great supporters of the industry and of you, so um, we really appreciate you coming on to the uh, podcast. I think, Andrew, you're going to do your normal kind of finish up the like, oh, yeah. uh, before we before we hit the music we might this time around listeners we might get Margot to um to do the um the harmonica on the on the finish um on the finish there she's um apparently she's a good harmonica player so we'll bring her into the band and <laughs> the final bit of the uh the music there. Margot we, we actually do the intro the musical intro that the listeners are, are we're, well we're, we're, highly, so. we're highly skilled. Andrew um, on the washboard I've got the banjo here ready to go and I've just get Margot's got her harmonica so Andrew will do the fade out and then we'll um we'll uh, go to the music. I'm slightly so, scared now. So thanks everyone for uh, for listening. Uh, if you could share this with your friends and family, and if you could leave us a, a review or a like, that'd be fantastic. Uh, thanks very much, Margot, for for taking the time out of your day. As as it must have been hard to take that much time out of the day when you're the the leader of the uh, the pork industry. Yeah. Well, as I say, buy Australian pork, and of course, as always, um, get some pork on your fork. That's it. If it's got a bone, what is it? Got a bone in it? Got a bone. It's one of our own. <laughs> That's it. Lovely. Lovely touch. All right. Thanks. Thanks very much. So, thanks for listening. See you later.